Welcome to Clydesdale Media, fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off at checkout at c4energy.com. The 2023 Season Series with some amazing athletes. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media meets the the athletes of the 2023 CrossFit Games season. And we are here with my friend, Carolyn Prevo. Carolyn, how are you doing? Not too bad, you? <clears throat> Good. Good. I saw you got a nice swag box a day or two ago uh, from the people at Tier. There was a lot of stuff in that box. Yeah, a few pairs of pants, shorts, sports bras, sweaters, t-shirts, all, all the good stuff. Yeah. So did, even, you know, you've been a pro athlete in a different, a couple different varieties. Um, does that stuff still excite you when the box comes in the mail and you get to open it up? Yeah, I think anytime you get like things sent to you or if you get, if I go to the rink and I see some new things in my stall, I'm like, ooh, yes, new things. Um, no, yeah, you always get excited. It's like a little kid in you comes out. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I know like we have like some people that are really good listeners who run businesses and they send us stuff sometimes and I get super jazzed for those little things. Um, and so I can't even imagine getting a box full of clothes. That would be so awesome. And shoes. I am such a shoe guy. I didn't get any shoes this time, but I, ha I have a few pairs of tears anyways. So I'm good. I'm good on shoes right now. Yeah. So I talked to you twice during quarterfinals. Due to technical glitches, things didn't, I wasn't able to share our conversations in full uh, because of some things. So I kind of want to go back over the weekend a little bit with you. And I think one of the general themes were that the programming for this wasn't necessarily a Carolyn Prevo advantageous programming, but you head down and you got through it and did the best you could. Yeah. <clears throat> like there was some, there was some lower, like I, I, I like lower body things. I think all my sports growing up were predominantly lower body and you know, like explosion type sports. Um, like there were some legs that was tested, but in none of the workouts that had the leg movements, I felt like that was even a factor in the workout. Uh, like the first one had the front squats paired with varying movements of skilled upper body pressing gymnastics. Um, and the workout really comes down to the gymnastics pressing, specifically more the wall facing handstand pushups. And then the lunges workout the lunges weren't really a factor. It was more where you could recover and breathe a little bit slower before the snatches, or if you had the skill of the crossover. And then the last one that had some legs more involved was like the deadlift, but the deadlift was so light that it didn't play a role in that. It was all the nine rope climbs at the end, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, hard tests specifically for quarterfinals. I think it was a lot harder than I thought. Um, the tests were going to be, I remember the first thing I said to Lex when I finished the first workout, I look at her and I was like, that was hard. That was like, I said, I literally said to her, I go, that was over-programmed for quarterfinals. That's the first thing I said to her. Cause I started thinking about <clears throat> other athletes that are doing the quarterfinals that I have to do 25 feet on broken handstand walk. And I was like, 
like we barely have to do 25 feet unbroken at semifinals. It's normally like 15 feet. They, they have like a line. So like, I think about people that are going to quarterfinals and all they've done prior was wall walks. And now they've done, now they're expected to handstand walk for 25 feet unbroken for 225 feet. Um, 15 ring muscle-ups. I mean, we had ring muscle-ups in the open, but not everyone that makes it there was able to do the ring muscle-ups. But that's fine. Like, if they got stuck on the ring muscle-ups, like, there's nothing wrong with that. I just didn't expect the wall-facing handstand push-ups at the quarterfinals. I thought I was expecting them at the semifinals um, and not at the quarters. So I guess we'll get the deficit at the semis. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, I have heard a lot of complaints about the handstand walk more so than even the wall facing that because it started the workout, a lot of the people maybe at percentile 95 to 90 may not even have been able to post a score on the first workout. Some of them just nine reps and some of them maybe not even if they can't uh, front squat that first week. Yeah. So I've heard more about that than even the wall facing. Um, I, I think the wall facing was a challenge for a lot of people and they like taking on that challenge as like later in the workout. Um, but it was the, the handstand walk. Some of them never even got to try them because of that. Yeah. I mean, those are the wall facing handstand pushups are hard. Like I've been doing them since I mean, years ago, um, like in ex accessory work. And then after I, the deficit showed up at the games last year, um, I've done them in my programming. Um, and then it, it's fine to put something skilled like that at the end of a workout under fatigue. Cause not everyone even get, gets to do those wall facing handstand pushups. I get capped before, or they're stuck on another movement prior. So like that, that, like it, it was fine. Um, but yeah, when I started thinking about the unbroken handstand walk for certain people taking the test, I was like, oh, that sucks <laughs> for those people. Yeah. Like for semifinal or people that are pretty close to semifinals and games, like those were good tests, but I felt they were like semifinal level tests. So with all that, do you think, do you think the seating at semifinals will be more appropriate? Because the tests were I, I harder think the people at moving quarters. On, I mean, the people moving on are all deserving and they're all fit. They got tested with high skill gymnastics, some heavy lifting. Um, you're going to see great athletes. And then it's new tests. So, um, yeah, I mean, the standings in the quarterfinals are the standings in the quarterfinals. Uh, workouts are going to be for the semis. And some people perform better online than in person. And um, you know, a lot can happen during a weekend of competition back to back without redos. And, um, but I think, I think the right people overall are moving on. Like those were, they were hard tests. And I think they were good tests for the top two to 3%. If that, if that's yeah, your goal to get you to the, like, if that was, if that, if that's Bosman's goal of testing that top, you know, two, three, 4%. It did the job of, of putting the right people. I still wanted a little bit more lower body. I felt like we didn't have so far a test in the open or quarterfinals where I'm just feeling my legs like tired and, and feeling that lactic acid in the legs. I haven't felt that yet in the open or quarters. 
um, or a super, super heavy breathing. Uh, maybe like, I, I guess number two, if you had the good, if you had the crossover skill, that one, you were definitely heavier breathing in that one, but like the row, you're kind of slowly rowing and pacing. So I guess that like yeah. your engine type workout. I, I know I talked to Emily Rolf a lot about those two workouts in particular, because, you know, she's an engine person, right? That's, that's kind of her money. Yeah. Right. And she said one like, of many things that she's good at. Right. Like event two was just, it never hurt for her. Like it just, it wasn't heavy enough to hurt. And it wasn't like, it just, she, I think she was saying it, it fell a little bit short even of really testing that. And it became just, do you have the crossovers? Well, that, that's the thing, right? If you were very proficient in the crossovers where you're just picking it up and then going, and then it's more of a test of engine. If you're not quite as proficient in the crossover, it became a crossover workout. And then you're having to slow your breathing down. Some people might miss a little bit, um, but it takes away that engine type workout. But if you had that skill, it was like you, you were heavier breathing in that um, workout. But I just don't think that that was like, I look at that test. That was my best test. Um, but I don't, like I look at a lot of fitter like athletes that didn't do as well. It doesn't really tell me much about their fitness. Like it just, as right. the, only thing, the only thing I'll look at is like, Oh, they can probably work on their crossover like movement, but it doesn't tell me that they're not fit or they're not ready right now. <laughs> and then one thing I got from uh, the other athletes pretty universally was that event four, a lot of people did that last because they thought it was going to crush their midline. And even the master's athlete I had, I had do it for us. were like, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Um, the only time it really came into play was the hip flexors opening up on the row. Yeah. I mean, I did that on fourth. I, I basically stayed in the order one to five. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it just comes down to cycling of the GHDs I found, or if you're like able to go unbroken on the V-ups, you're not making up too, too much time on the row. I mean, you can really go too slow also, where then you're not just, you don't have enough time to catch up. Or if you're going so fast that you're so winded that your GHDs are uh, slow. I just think I don't cycle GHDs as fast as some of the other um, athletes. Like, and I was looking at some of the technique, like some people are still moving up a little bit more on the pad from what their standard was, but I, like, I'll definitely have to work on that cycle speed going forward. Um, Cause that's where I think I lose the race on that one is the GHD. My VFs were fine. My row, I have a good, like I'm good on the rower. So I just have to pick up a little bit on the GHDs. So I want to finish up quarters cause I want to get to semis pretty into this discussion as well and that is with quarters you finished like was it mid 30s in in the west in the east uh it keeps going or back east. and forth between like 24th to 26 i think right now it's like 26 okay, so are you happy with that placement considering that no low no lower body at all um i mean no because like i would i would have wanted to have been closer to that like or like in that final heat i guess i don't know how many they're going to do, whether it's 10, 12, 15, or like three heats of 20. 
Um, but regardless, right now I'm outside of that last heat. I'm in the second to last heat or possibly in the middle heat, depending on what they break it up in. So no, um, but I mean, I gave all the, all the workouts, my best effort. Um, it's just where I was on that weekend with those tests. Uh, and then I still have some improving to do going into to semifinals. I mean, there's some fit people in the East. It's stacked. Um, and it's getting younger and younger. I was glancing at the 60 athletes. And I think pending if – I don't know if Allison Stahl is going Masters or not because she's in the 35, but I would be the oldest one going at 33. Yeah. I was actually going to reach out to her and ask her that question because she's become a friend of the show. And uh, yeah. Cause she could go it masters. So if she, if she goes masters, then I'll be the oldest one at the East competing by like two years. It's nuts. Like, cause I don't consider myself old at all. Like I turned 33 in January. Uh, but the average age is just getting younger and younger. They're like 18 to 22. Yeah. There's a few like 27, 28 year olds, a couple 31 year olds, but I'm like, damn. Well, we're, we're you know, we're starting our semifinal um, athlete highlight series where we're going to try to interview as many of the semifinalists as possible. I can't believe like they're 17, they're 19. They're like, when I'm looking at the ages on these, in, when I'm inviting them, like it is insane but where the sport is but gone. It, but it shouldn't be shocking that the sport is getting younger and younger. Like if they're starting like those 17, 18, 19, even 20 year olds have done CrossFit just as long as I have. Like I started after university, like we have the same, but they grew up with it without playing others. Like they might be doing other sports, but they're doing fitness related sports. They're swimming. They're doing track and field. They're doing things related to CrossFit. Like they're for the most part, not playing team sports or like ball sports or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they, they can handle the most volume. They're recovering the, the the fastest. If you look at Olympic gymnasts, they average probably 16 years old. And then Olympic lifters, um, you know, in certain countries, like they start so young. And again, they're so young at the Olympics. So when you combine weightlifting and gymnastics and all of that metabolic, also like conditioning at such a young age, like it's going to get younger and younger. And it's it shouldn't be surprising yeah. that the top are 16 to 22 years old like that's what it is in other sports um for gymnastics movements and weightlifting so i don't think it should be it's it's surprising because like it's starting to move and it's like slowly moving down um but that's what it is in every sport um like soon i think they'll be adding a master's division that's 30 to 34 maybe like in a, in, in like 10, in 10 or 15 years, when that average age is like 18 to 24 years old, they may be adding, um, like you just won't see those Sam Briggs at 40 years old qualifying to the CrossFit games. It won't happen. Like we can still be older right now because it's still relatively new as a sport. Hasn't quite started super young for everyone. Um, but like as the sport grows, it's definitely getting just younger and younger, which is it's it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, I mean, we could dive into a whole rabbit hole of stuff with that. But, um, yeah, I just was, and I'm, and it it's very much leaning on the female side. The the men's side's getting a little bit younger. It it's taking a lot longer for those 
guys to get yeah, strength might, enough. To it might be like 20, 20 to 24, 26 maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it'll, it'll start slowly start coming down. So it, you've blown my mind a little bit because, you know, I, I see Christy work out all the time and she's a year older than you. Maybe like, I think she's going to turn 34. This maybe. Year, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, I probably added an a, a year or two or something. And now I'm going to be in trouble when I go to the gym tomorrow. But, um, but, uh, like, and she still competes like you and her and Emily, like you guys all still can compete with these kids. Does that give you a sense of pride that you can like go toe to toe? Do you think that you're, you're being wiser in the sport, right? You've, you've been around sport for, 20 years, not just CrossFit, but sport, like strategy plays into pl there and, and how to like save your body for the next thing and how to recover better. Do you think that that, those are the things that help you compete with the younger generation? Yeah, I think uh, like experience and the rep volume that we've accumulated over the years, like those athletes that you've named or like people that have more experience, uh, like you just don't need as much volume as you are getting older because you have that under you. So it's more just, you know, touching those movements weekly and staying sharp versus like really needing that volume to practice those movements. Um, and then just like competition experience too. Like a lot of teenagers uh, have only competed in major competitions online. So they're often very, very, very good online. Um, and then when they get to in person, some of them, I'm not saying all of them, some of them might lack that mental um, experience or just that like experience of being on the floor with a bigger crowd, especially if they haven't played a sport that, you know, has a lot of crowd involved. So those are factors that um, sometimes they're not prepared for. And if things don't go their way, how to bounce back. So I just think experience always goes a long way. Um in general, in, in any sport. Well, in live, you get one shot. Yep. You know, and it has, you have to execute on that one shot. If not, and then you can't also like, it. And, and once that workout's done, you have to be able to like push it to the side and get ready for the next one. Like you see some athletes dwelling on their uh, performance of the event prior, and then they just start you know, trickling down and it's just getting worse and worse. Almost every event they're in their own head. They can be fitter than most people there, but they're just in their own head. They're not competing well. Um, yeah. So you just don't know what can happen in person. This is why sports are played. So would you, can you, would you consider yourself a better live performer than an online? I've always done really well online, actually. Um, I've always used to consider myself better online. Um, maybe because of the type of movements that would show up online. Uh, and then there'd be more weaknesses maybe that would pop up in person, but I feel like I'm fine either or, um, like I said, I have enough experience now to like know where I am in the field or know where I am in the different races who I can try to push and who I'm like, eh, you're way better at me at this. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not chasing you. <laughs> Do you, do you think that's changed since you started like initially maybe better online and now it's kind of 
the pendulum swinging a little bit to the other side? Maybe. Um, yeah. And I mean, you're looking at some of the camps, like some of them are like 10 people going at a time or a bunch of them. So like, I'm just by myself doing the workout. No one's beside me, just me. I have no, like no one. And then you see other camps, there are like three or four athletes that are games athletes going head to head. Like I'm sure that helps. Um, yeah. I don't just like online is just different. It's just different. Um, people have their favorite bars, heights of their bars at the perfect spot. Um, like you just, yeah. there's a lot of factors in your gym. Um, that, like you're seeing people change the, you know, the size or the heights of the bars at different, just different. You don't get that at semis. So this is like a bizarre question. Maybe you travel across the continent a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to go be with Lex and, and do all those kinds of things. Are you better when you get to train with her? I I enjoy better. Like when I'm with her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's for like, she'll help, because, like she helps me out. Cause she'll, she'll coach me on stuff. Um, like she knows where all the girls are and, and their pacing and stuff like that. And what she's good at, I'm bad at. Um, so it'll complement in certain ways there. But we don't go head to head very often in a qualifier workout just because if it's just us two, then like I have to judge her. She has to judge me. So we have a judge. <laughs> um, and then often I'll go first um, just to like take the well, her, She has such an analytical mind mm-hmm. when it comes to this sport. Like I can only imagine that her being your confidant on like all of this stuff that's going on has got to be a tremendous help. Yeah. Yeah. And like, sometimes when I'm, when I come to the gym, like after work, like I'll FaceTime her and she'll just watch my workout, um, through FaceTime. And then she'll give me like a strategy to do prior. And then I'll just do the workout and then we talk about it after. Um, and then she'll like see what, what I could have done better or how I felt on it, which it just helps. Right. And then when you're in person, she gets like, then we actually get to train together and do the same workout. Sometimes we might have to uh, scale or change different things, depending on how our body's feeling. If she's, you know, if her lower back is sore, my lower back is like, just like, eh, you just, you know, change, but then we'll just still do the workouts together and somehow end pretty close in timing, um, for most workouts. So it's fun. How much do the doodles help when you're working out? The doodles are great, except if you do shuttle runs, because then they just want to run with you. Um, And then they'll like get in your way and jump up and they get super excited, but they'll just like hang out there. And then they know as soon as we're done, then they just come and like lay on our chest and put the paw there. Um, Super cute. Yeah, they're great. They're amazing in the gym. Like we can lift right in front of them and like they're not scared at all. Obviously, if it's a if it's a lift that I don't trust myself in front of them, I'll move I'll move my barbell. <laughs> um, but no, they're great. They're great dogs. My dog would try to jump on the barbell as I was lifting it. <laughs> no, they know better. They know better. Um. So we get we go to semifinals. You're going to be in Orlando, mm-hmm. um, which is not a small trip from Canada to Florida. <laughs> um, you're going to stay down there. Um, what's the plan? You're going to come in early. You're going to come in right before I work. So I can't take like a week off work. Um, like it's literally impossible for me to do that, especially cause I've already taken a lot of 
sick days for hockey this year for travel, like in the first semester. So I don't have that because we don't have like vacation days because we have two months off and all the holidays off. So we get like 11 sick days a year. Um, and then like a few personal days that you can take, but I don't have many left because <laughs> of hockey and just traveling to California and stuff. Um, so it has our semifinals starting what the 18th, but I don't know if that's teams or not. Um, there's not enough information. So I haven't booked my flight yet or anything. Uh, I'd like to get a little bit more info if I can, before I book that. But normally I would get in on the registration day or maybe the night before the registration day. Uh, so like if we start on the Thursday, I'd probably try to leave Tuesday after work, fly and get there Tuesday evening, Wednesday would have the day there. And then let's say we compete or register on Thursday. So it would be two days off for me of work because it's a, uh, no wait. It's a long weekend. I think it's the Monday that we get off for work. So that means I would have to miss three consecutive days, which is always like, yeah, hard to do. So. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, like it's some funny because the athletes we followed like, take off work like this, like I can't take a week off work. Like it, not just, it stresses me out missing work. It's so much more work to miss as a teacher. Um, and then I'm trying, like they have, my grade nines are doing their provincial math tests like early June. So missing at the end of May, like I can't just take a week off. I'm trying to prepare them for the provincial math test um, and trying to be there for them. So there's just a lot to juggle. It's funny because the athletes are following, you know, you and Emily are, are the older group. And both of you have these jobs that make it very hard for you to get time off. Mm -hmm. She had to fight and fight to get the Saturday of quarterfinals off. Yeah. And, and then it made well, she, it where she, she has more, more like time off during the competition season that she can take. It's like, I, I get that time off, but like in the summer, right. Cause like she'll be able right. to go to Dubai or something or go travel for like a week or a week and a half throughout the year. Cause she'll have, if she can kind of spread out her days more throughout the year. Whereas like I have barely any during competition season. Like I can't go to yeah. all of these competitions and take a week to just to, to travel. Yeah, or I think this early. year is different for her because the shortage of healthcare workers. Yes, for sure. That's and, exactly. and so she's just fighting for time off, which is tough, um, especially on weekends, which is when all the competitions are. Yeah. So like during quarter, she had to work Sunday. So all of her stuff had to be done by Saturday. Yeah. And I and flew you, back you the same way because of travel. Yeah. yeah. I had to fly back so I could go back to work on the Monday. So I flew Sunday morning. It was just cheaper. <laughs> yeah. And that's, a, that's another reason why the youth in the sport have kind of a little bit of an advantage because they don't have those responsibilities. No, that, that's the other thing too, is they're, able to handle those volume, recover fast, like responsibilities are not paying for rent or um, mortgage or all the bills and working. Um, so it's, it's a different reality, I guess, um, for them. 
So let's let's finish up with semis. We're going to Orlando. Um, it's going to be 60 people per. In my opinion, it is the opportunity CrossFit has in front of it to grow the sport if they do it right. You've been around the sport a while. I think that semifinals, regionals, whatever it was called at that time, is if you're a fan of the sport and you want to see your favorite athlete up close and personal, it's semifinals. At the games, you guys are kind of hidden away, um, toured from place to place. You don't have time to like do selfies and sign autographs and do all that kind of stuff. At semifinals, you do. And the lineups at these two, because they went from four to two, are stacked. And if CrossFit treats them like a rock show, this could be the growth of the sport. I think like semifinals is the more most stressful competition though for the athletes. For most, I mean, for the bubble athletes, I guess not the shoe wins. Um, yeah, because there's just there's a lot of people competing for that spot, and you haven't made it to the games yet, so you you have to be on your game. So. Um, I don't know that many athletes have that much time at semifinals to do all of that just because it's a super stressful weekend, I guess. Yeah. I just find like at the end of the day, the athletes walk out through vendor village and they, you know, not like during the competition, of course, Yeah, you know, you're, you're doing your thing, but like at the end of the day, you're, you know, you walk out through vendor village. You see them warming up sometimes. Um, yeah you're more involved in the competition, I guess. Yeah. When you're at like the outdoor park at the games, you you may, your athlete may be your favorite athlete may be clear across the field and they look like an ant um, at that point where at semis, it's not that way. And um, I, I just think it's a huge opportunity. And um, you know, they, they're saying that the European one is going to be like off the chain because it's the biggest competition Europe will ever have had. And phenomenal athletes there too, right? Like their top sixties, male and female are unreal. Um, Like it's a mini CrossFit games. It's just, it's it's going to be a battle for those top, you know, 11 or 10, 10 to 12 spots that um, most field are going to get. It's yeah. It's going to be exciting for all of the, um, all the semifinals. So I, the numbers I'm seeing are 12 in the East for the women. Um, and th- that's not official from CrossFit. That is people who have way bigger brains than me doing analytics on the side saying they they're predicting 12 for the East. And then I've heard rumor that they're doing, that they are looking at f- heats of 15. 15. That's what I originally thought was four heats of 15, um, which would put me in the second to last heat. Um, which is fine. I mean, just for the first day, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Um, do you, do you like those numbers? Do you like the 12? Do you like that, that your like your region could get more people to the games than like the way it was last year? More, the more, the better (laughs) bring them all to these. Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's, you look at, you know, there's six or seven to me that are just, shoe in so um and then we're probably like 12 athletes maybe fight 12 to 15 athletes fighting for those 
last few spots. Like, and it really depends on the workouts. It can go one way or the other and just how like that weekend goes for people. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Like the heats of 15, those are bigger heats than we're probably going to be used to. Um, heats that are prior are going to matter. Um, and if you have a bad workout, you're going to pay for it. So consistency definitely is going to um, play a big role over the weekend. So it'll just be interesting if there's like how many workouts we have. It's If it's six or seven, if they have a max lift, what type of max lift is it? Um, if they have a lot of gymnastics and that's like a new movement of gymnastics that's going to throw off the field. If you have a bad event, it can really be hard to crawl back from that, especially when you have a region as, as deep as, uh, as ours, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think, I think I, I heard Brian friend say that the East's depth that like the bottom 40 in the East like the bottom 40 in the West wouldn't even finish in the top 100 in the East. We're very, but we're also like, I think for the males, they're, they're deeper in the back end. But if you look at the females, we're very top heavy, very top heavy athletes, like six of the top 10 are from the East. And like, even at the games last year, I think like out of the top 20, there was at least half of them from the East or something like that. Um, so we're just in the top hundred. Like I almost wish, I don't know how they would do it, but if they broke the hundred up in quarters and if you're in the top 25, you get more value than if the top 50, because some regions, like let's say the West, they might have a lot, they might have as many athletes or pretty close to us, but they're more on the back end. To, to me, there should be something that's rewarding, like kind of like those quarters like a top 25 is worth a little bit more than the top I don't I don't know how the numbers would get affected um but to me that would be interesting to look at helping can look at that stuff <laughs> yeah yeah so I uh, I think helping is the guy who's I'm hearing this from and it is the West's getting nine on the female side and so they're getting one less than pretty much what they had last year but it's, it's interesting because like, I don't know, like, let's say in the top 100, if there's team athletes in there or if people decline, are they doing the 100 that are accepting or the 100 after the quarterfinals? Like that, like there's a lot that they have. So my understanding is that a lot of the team athletes did the individual yeah, to gain points for the top to be in the world rankings. Yeah. Okay, cool. So. Yeah, so I think the team athletes are going to count towards the world rankings. Thank you for the athletes yeah, I, that did it in the East. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, because there's, I think, as I've been going down the list, there's quite a few I had to, well, even the West has a lot of team athletes. Yeah, that's why I didn't know how they were going to allocate the spots. I mean, we still don't really know it hasn't been. Uh, sent out yet but if the team athletes um will affect but i mean they got to tell us soon how many spots they're not i'm assuming they're not going to wait until the whole team process is done it's and just use the top 100 from the quarters 
Yeah, I honestly, as someone who covers the sport, wish you would have to declare team or individual at the beginning of the season. Trying to figure all this stuff out is really hard. I bet. Yeah. Uh, when all this is happening. Um, and that's just that's just selfishness on my part. Um, but yeah. And yeah, I got a lot of things to say about the team piece, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Anyway, um, we're so excited you have done this with us, Carolyn, and we're going to be in Orlando to cover you. Um, and we will be taking video of your workouts. We'll be taking pictures. We'll be sharing all that up to our social medias and all of that and trying to talk to you when you are available for that um, and let everybody see your journey through semis. And hopefully you're punching your ticket to the CrossFit Games. Hopefully. That's what I'm working for. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for jumping on today and taking some time out of your Sunday. Um, and have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks. You too, Scott.